introducing to you the fat loss formula by Brendan Loden. So before I start today's podcast episode, I want to talk to you very quickly about my event that I'm running in aid of Campaign Against Living Miserably, also known as CAM. So I'm doing my first ever in-person event called the Fat Loss Formula, where I'll be helping you write your goals to get you to fire the fuck up and go for it, create habits for you to instill so you don't have to second guess yourself, and more importantly, allow you the blueprints to lose that first dress size. This is going to be two pound to come and all proceeds will be going to campaign against living miserably. For those who have been a long time listener of this uh, podcast, you'll know that campaign against miserably, living miserably, sorry, is the charity that I work with quite a lot. It's essentially a suicide prevention hotline. I won't go into it too much today, but it's a service that I've used previously in my life. Just eight pound can save somebody's life. That is how much it takes to run of one single call at the call centers. The call centers are open from 7 p.m. onwards and open throughout late at night, every single night. And Campaign Against Living Miserably wants to open them lines up from midday onwards, but they currently cannot afford to do so. And that is why I'm doing the Fat Loss Formula Live. So if you are interested, message Brendan Learn at brendan.findfitness on Instagram, and I'll put you forward towards the details. You'll have to fill out a form for your interests so I know how many people come in because there is 30 seats available and I'll send you the link so you can donate your £2. If you want to donate more, that's absolutely fantastic, but I'm only asking for £2. But again, that's your call. So I thought I'd start with that today before we get into the swing of things. So I would love you to come to the Fat Loss Formula Live on the 16th of April at 2pm at Pure Gym Hull and the B Gym Studios. See you there. Hello and welcome to the Find Fitness Podcast with me, Brendan Loden, a humble personal trainer from Kingston-upon-Hull. Don't know why I said the full name there. On today's episode, I am a one-man team and I'll be discussing emotional eating. I'll be defining what emotional eating actually is. I'll be telling you all the differences between emotional eating and physical eating, i.e. emotional hunger and physical hunger. I'll be talking about tips to how to prevent it and what essentially can cause it. So yeah, this is a bit of a shorter episode today, so people that don't really like my voice, this one is for you. And as usual, don't be a dickhead if you are listening to this podcast, send a screenshot over on your Instagram, your Facebooks or whatever, tag me in it, and I'll share it in my story as well. If this helps at least one person, that is mission accomplished. So I'll flip it over to Brendan, talk about emotional eating. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Fine Fitness Podcast. It's going to be a one-man show today. Um, so basically, I've done a Instagram poll, and a lot of you have decided I had strength trainers one section, and I had emotional eating on the other one. And an absolute landslide of a vert, emotional eating one. I don't think a single person voted for strength training. Due to that's probably not my audience, I understand that. I just thought, if I'm being honest, I thought I'd make a bit of subject and put emotional eating next to it and try and justify an emotional eating podcast. So here we are. Um, before I get into the swing of things today, I know this is not a video form podcast, but the wall. So if anyone follows me on Instagram uh, at the time of recording of 25th August, I'm absolutely getting the piss taken out of it due to my wall in my house that I'm using in my office. 
slowly becoming more and more green by the week. Um, so currently, compared to last podcast with Finley, Finley saw a half green, half white wall. Now, what I'm looking at myself is a reasonably patchy green wall with a very rough around the edges. So there's masking tape everywhere after I've decided to paint my ceiling and everything else like that. I know you didn't come here today to talk about my ceiling or my tarot paint job. You come here to listen to me talk about emotional eating. And before we get into the swing of things, I need to sort of declare what emotional eating is. Um, emotional eating is when eating is your primary emotional coping mechanism, i.e. your first impulse to open a refrigerator whenever you're stressed, pissed off, upset, angry, lonely, or exhausted, or even bored. You get stuck in that unhealthy cycle where the feeling just keeps coming and coming and coming again and again and again. And the problem itself is never actually reversed. Um, so this obviously is a problem due to if you've got any weight loss goals, if you've got any fat loss goals, if you've got any strength-based goals, you might get in the way of that as well. It's going to be very hard to get a PB where you're feeling groggy because you're eating absolutely stodgy shit. Do you know what I mean? So it does affect any type of goal. It also affects your confidence a little bit. If you're feeling like a fucking mashed potato filled into a sock on a surfer, you're not going to want to do much anyways. So it's like a vicious cycle. You feel shit, so you eat, so you feel shit again. You feel shit, you eat, you feel shit again. And that just constantly comes round and round and round and round. And I've seen it affect my clients. Uh, as previously been someone that's 18 and a half stone, I absolutely definitely uh, emotionally ate. I felt shit about myself, so I'd eat. I'd eat, feel shit about myself, I'd eat. I'd feel shit about my appearance, and I'd eat. And my appearance is getting worse because I'm eating. And it's just this constant over and over again cycle and it can really deteriorate and fuck people up and that's why we're going to talk about it today and um, because i'm on my own today i don't really know how long this podcast is going to be obviously you'll know when it comes out because you'll see the sign but what we're going to do here is try and just whittle off some things it actually might be a bit of a shorter one obviously you'll know by now that's a fucking lie or it's not um and i want to sort of start off with things today sort of say First of all, by associating all food and drink with certain behaviours, it's not all bad. It's not all negative. Like, it's fine to associate birthday cakes and birthdays. It's fine to associate celebrating with drinks. For example, uh, time recording five days ago, I did a client curry night with all my clients. Well, all of them, unfortunately, some couldn't make it, but we all went to a local curry house near mine, and there was some booze there. We celebrated a little bit, because this was supposed to be a bit of a Christmas party that we never really had. And that was a celebration. So we're associating the food and drink with celebrating. And that, that can be fine. Positive association of food can be good. Obviously, balance comes into mind. You need to fuck, don't really want to fuck with that. But I just wanted to make that clear first before getting into the swing of things. Um, and I also wanted to talk about why this happens. Basically, emotionally, and it can occur when you are stressed. Um, you get a bit of a dopamine hit. For those who don't know, dopamine is a basically your feel-good transmitter in your brain. It's a chemical that travels information to your neurons. The brain releases it when we eat food, what we crave, when we have sex, when we have training that we enjoyed. Basically, a positive kick. Have you ever nailed a high five with someone like that? That'll probably be tough. That's a really weird example. Um, but yeah, so just that spark of joy, that instant joy. That's what dopamine is. And that's what happens when you are eating. Um, good foods when you are stressed, like, oh yeah, it tastes so fucking good. That's a dopamine hit there. And a lot of people do feel guilty 
when they emotionally eat. And I need to sort of say something else on sort of on top of that as well, really. Um, I think it's important to sort of say that we are humans who feel emotions. It is completely fine to be stressed and want to eat a certain type of food. Food has literally been engineered over the past hundred years to taste as nice as humanly possible. It is made to be addictive. It's made to be wanted. It is most of it nowadays is built in a lab. It's made to be nice. So when you are feeling stressed, when you are needing that dopamine hit, that food is there. And it's been designed as such a way. It's not a nice reason for it to occur. But the reason why I'm telling you is, is because I don't want you feeling guilty. We've all done it. I myself, it's ice cream and it's Pringles. I am an absolute slut for Pringles. I will have a full can every single time. I've never, ever, ever eaten half a jar of Ben and Jerry's. The full thing is going in one go. And the reason why I want to say that and get that off my chest is because it's perfectly normal for this to occur. It's perfectly normal to understand that this food has been designed for us to eat and enjoy as much, con consume as much of it as we can in one sort of gulp to enjoy it. Um, I just thought I would sort of start off with that before we go into everything else. Because when we do eat that food, we do feel shit. And then we eat it, we feel good. And then about 20 minutes later, we actually feel worse than what we did prior. Um, and we've actually numbed ourselves to what the problem was about in the first place. And now we've just gained a few more calories that we, if anyone's calorie counting, they shouldn't really have in. And even if you aren't calorie counting, I think you know that you shouldn't be having a fucking massive tub of Ben and Jerry's and Pringles and massive tubs of biscuits just because you're a bit sad, do you know what I mean? Um, and because we've numbed ourselves, it's important so that we can learn not for this to occur in the future, like not to turn emotionally eating every single time. Um, it's not an instant fix. And anything I will say today, I am not an expert on emotionally eating. I'm a personal trainer with experience myself, and I'm a personal trainer who sees his clients go through similar things. I am not an emotional eating counsellor, nor am I a counsellor at all. Obviously, I feel like it quite a lot in my job, but but there we are. Um, it's important to learn how to deal with it in the future, not make it a repeat process. Um, and when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about that one time your old boyfriend broke up with you, so you decided to have a ton of Ben Jerry's and felt shy about it. That is not this. What this is talking about is a repetitive behaviour of having the Ben and Jerry's, the pizza, this or that. And I'm going to use myself as an example here. So earlier this year... Um, the early parts of this year, so February, March, April, sort of East. I can't really remember when. It, it's not really part of the point, but um, I had a relationship breakdown. I also lost a few clients. I also had to get ready for my 24-hour spin event. Um, and right near me, right around the corner, I've got a banging takeaway, uh, L'Italiano's, um, and they've got a lover's meal for one, which is 13 quid. You get a starter, so you can either get like garlic, tear and share, even if it's for one, it's like a smaller portion, or a tomato bread. So it's garlic or tomato garlic. You get a pizza, you get chips, and you get a choice of ice cream. I think the choices are like cookies and cream, which is basically Oreo. You get pistachio ice cream, vanilla, banana. They've got quite the pistachio ones banging, to be honest. I don't like pistachios, but the ice cream's banging. And there was a period around April time where I just felt shy. Nothing was going right for me. Um, three nights in a row, I, got, I went to collect it. The third night in particular was pissing it down when I went, and the... Uh, the young girl who said me, I don't know how old she is, but she, she's definitely not above the age of 15. And she, the way she's looked at me, 
I was like, fucking hell, like I need to get this sorted. And that's what I'm I'm sort of here to tell you lot today as well. Um, you need to find an outlet, man, with that pizza, and you need to find a different like a different outlet. Obviously, make it not make sure it's not pizza. Um one outlet I've started doing recently is getting my steps in and listen to a podcast. Some of you might be doing that right now, which is brilliant. Hold my hats up to you. Um, but let's try and investigate for ourselves whether it is physical hunger or emotional hunger, because they are two separate entities completely. Physical hunger and emotional hunger are not the same thing. Physical hunger is normal. It should be stopped with food. Emotional hunger is not. Like, we, emotional hunger doesn't really or shouldn't really exist. Um, if there ever was a God that existed, he fucked us up with these sort of mechanisms in our brains, didn't he? So sorry for anyone being religious there, but it's done us over a little bit here, hasn't he? Um, but yeah, so emotional hunger, we'll talk about that one first. It can be powerful, so it's easy to make it's easy for it to be mistaken as physical hunger. But there are clues that I'm going to be discussing in a second that will help you tell the difference between physical and the sort of emotional hunger apart. Um, for one, emotional emotional hunger comes on suddenly. It hits you in an instant and it, it makes you feel overwhelming and it's urgent. Physical hunger on the other hand comes on more gradually. The edge to eat doesn't feel as dire or demand or instant. You don't need that instant gratification of having that dopamine hit um, unless you haven't eaten for a while. So that's the first sort of tell there. The second one is emotional hunger doesn't create specific comfort food. Uh, sorry, emotional hunger creates specific comfort foods. So physical hunger, you just want to eat, you want to eat anything. You can eat a lamb horse if you needed to. Do you know what I mean? Like you can eat absolutely anything. Um if it's going to fill you, it's going to do your job. That's what you're looking for. You're looking to be filled. Um, but emotional hunger craves junk food or sugary snacks. It's quite a lot of it's sugary. Personally, I'm more of a savoury person, but typically emotional hunger due to the high sugar levels, that's what you sort of create, like crave and have that instant rush. Um, a lot of this is cheesecakes. Obviously, I mentioned pizzas. Um, it's typically more sweeter items, to be fair. Peanut butter is quite a common one because it's sweet and savoury at the same time. Um, trigger number three to tell the difference between the two of them that's just my creaky chair there uh, emotional hunger isn't satisfied once it's full so you're going to keep wanting more and more and more and more and more and more until you're uncomfortably stuffed or you just feel ultimately really shit about yourself um, and physical hunger on the other hand doesn't need to be stuffed you feel satisfied when you're full like you know when you're full when you're eating you're like, you just feel full don't you like, that's what occurs when you're satisfied, like, finally, you've eaten properly, you've had three whole meals and a couple of snacks. That is feeling full. Having those meals and snacks, you know, and you've had shit ton of calories and still feeling full again, 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 no matter what, that is emotional hunger. Um, and when you feel hungry, what's the first thing you feel? Where does it feel? typically feels in your stomach. So emotional hunger doesn't have that. Most hunger doesn't grow in your belly or like your stomach. You feel your hunger craving in the brain. So you just feel it in your head. It's there. It's not going to go. And your focus is on the textures, the taste, the smells of what you potentially could be having to, to fill that dopamine hit. Um, and the last one, sort of last way to tell the difference between the two of them is emotional hunger can lead to regret, guilt, or shame. When you eat to satisfy physical hunger, you're unlikely to feel guilty or a shame because you're simply giving the body what it needs. There's nothing better than when you've had a, when you've 
absolutely starving, like properly starving. You've had that meal. You're looking at that bloated belly. You're just staring at it really sad, like, oh, yeah, that's good. And most long as do that, it, at the end of that meal, you'll just feel awful. You'll feel grim. Like, you'll just feel really groggy and tired and probably low energy due to it. Um, so they are the sort of points there to tell the difference between a physical hunger and emotional hunger. I'm not saying don't not eat, don't not eat when you're hungry. Just try and make sure is it physical hunger or emotional hunger. Um, now I'm going to talk about emotional eating triggers and how to identify your emotional eating triggers. Um, the first step in putting a stop to an emotional trigger is identifying what your pest triggers actually are. What situations, places, or feelings make you reach out for your set and comfort foods? What emotional eating is linked to unpleasant feelings? Um, but also, what what are these feelings, positive ones? Because obviously we mentioned earlier, like these can be triggered by positive emotions as well, such as rewarding yourself for achieving a goal or celebrating a holiday or just drinking in general. Like, what are your emotional triggers to wanting that food? Is it stress? The other thing I need to tell you what stress is. A lot of people, when they feel stressed, they want to eat. They need to eat. They need to have something in the mouth. They need to... Don't laugh at that, Brendan. Um, they need to... <laughs> when I laugh at myself in my podcast, I'm genuinely sat in my own room in my office laughing at myself. But yeah, so you just need to quench that feeling. You need to be shut up almost with this food. Is it stuffing of emotions? Eating can be a temporary way to silence or sort of stuff down those emotions for feeling. So we'll come back into stress a little bit there. Is it boredom or feelings of emptiness sat on the sofa? I've not moved for a while. Where can I move? I ain't going to walk anywhere. I'll walk to my fridge and back. Eating when you're bored happens a lot. Um, and then the social influence, getting together with other people for a meal um, to relieve stress. It can lead to overeating. It can. It's eat or enjoy simply because of the people there watching you. We don't want to be the one person that doesn't eat anything. We don't want to be the fussy eater, do we? And that, that does care a lot. And last of all, associating certain habits with a certain food or drink. So I talked to my client, George, about this the other day, actually. So we were talking about emotional eating and we were talking about using habits when you are emotionally eating and associating certain food and drink with it. And I told her about two and a half years ago, um, I live near a big supermarket and they did a 48 cans of Pepsi offer for like seven pounds. So it's two, two 24 crates, two crates of 24 cans, seven quid. So my fridge was rammed with Pepsis. And what I did was at lunchtimes, whenever I was at home for lunchtime on the weekend or a night, I would grab a Pepsi Max cherry and while walking Chester, I'd have the Pepsi in my hand drink it to this day because of that brief period of what have been like two months i still do that to this day i know i'm doing it as well i'm walking chester i must have a can of my hand if anyone lives near me they'll know they'll see the pepsi max in my hand quite regularly or sometimes if the can's not there i'll need to have a protein bar or i'll have a chocolate bar or i'll have what i need to have something in my hand eating while walking my dog I can't explain why. It's all because that two-year gap years ago when I had all those cans of Pepsi and I needed to get rid of them, it was associating walking my dog with food and drink. And to this day, I still do that. Um, so now we've talked about the what most triggers can be, i.e. habits, social influence, boredom, stress, feeling stuffed and wanting to feel stuffed. We can try and manage the emotions 
in a way that doesn't involve food. Uh, you won't be able to control everything with your eating, and these habits can only last so long. So the satisfa satisfaction could last so long as well. Um, so I've, what I've done here, I've listed off like four different things of immersions, what you could do and what you, you do for these as well. So if you're feeling lonely, call someone or talk to someone that makes you feel better. Play with a dog, with a dog or a cat. Read a book. And that sounds really boring, but what, play a video game, watch a film. Um, there's plenty of things you can do when you are depressed. And this, it's just, podcasts are really good in this form because it actually feels like a voice in your house. Like if you're really, really lonely, having a constant voice there in the background does really help you a lot. Like it really does. Um, if you feel anxious, use your negative energy on, so I've looked on this one here and that one is just extreme energy, just moving. If you feel anxious, play with something. Make sure you're moving about, walking about, dancing around the living room, whatever you're needing to do to feel active. It's a bigger change to what you're doing right now. If you're exhausted, treat yourself with a cup of tea. Have a bath. Like, cuddle up and feel really warm in a quilt, do you know what I mean? Really sort of feel sorry for yourself a little bit, but just don't associate it with food. A cup of tea is fine, as long as you're not associating a cup of tea with biscuits, which is a very, I almost hand-in-hand, hand, very British problem to have. Um, and if you're bored, again, be busy. Be as busy as you can be. Read a book, talk to someone. They're similar to the uh, the stress ones at the start. Find an activity you enjoy doing. Go train to the gym. And these can help you quite a lot. I'm going to talk about now what you can do before you are given to a craving. So now we've associated what the triggers are. Now we've discussed the difference between a physical and emotional eating. We're now going to see what we can, like really basic tips to prevent emotionally in the future. Your first one is a really obvious one is take five minutes before you can like give your cravings in. Like just, all right, okay, I'll eat. Mostly it tends to be automatic and virtually mindless. So before you realize what you're doing, you're sat there with fucking food in your hand and you've polished half of it off. Um, but if you could take a moment, try and think about it, pause and reflect when you hit a craving, give yourself the opportunity to make a different decision. Like really think about it. The next step is, can you put off another five minutes? Start with one minute. Can I put off that food for one minute? And don't tell yourself you can't give us that craving. Remember that the forbidden is always extremely tempting. It's sexy. If I told you not to eat a certain food right now, so think of your favorite food right now. And Brendan's here going to tell you not to eat it. What do you want then? When, what do you want now? You suddenly want it, don't you? So just put it off. Don't, eat, don't stop yourself. Put it off later. Put it off later. Put it off later. You might actually realize, you know what? I don't want this. Without making that whole sexiness about it. Um, and while you are waiting for these extra five minutes, like, am I really hungry? Check in with yourself. How are you feeling? What's going on emotionally? Even if you end up eating, you have a better understanding of what just happened prior. And it can set yourself up to have a different response in the future. So even if you do eventually cave in, you can sort of look at it and think about it and then go forward for the future. And last of all is indulging without overeating your sort of savory foods so when you eat to feed your feelings you tend to do it mindlessly on autopilot you eat so fast you don't enjoy the fucking food you don't taste the different taste you don't enjoy the textures as 
your body doesn't give you the cues that you're no longer hungry because that was unsatisfied as well. So by slowing down what you're actually eating, enjoying the food, taking time to eat it, you will start to enjoy your food more. And if you've got spending more time eating the food, you're going to actually eat less food, if that makes any sense at all. And slowing down and saving that food is an important aspect of mindful eating. It's the opposite of mindless. You're emotionally eating. You're thinking about what you're eating. You're now enjoying what you're eating. You would probably enjoy your food a lot more if we all just fucking started chewing a bit more. Like, that sounds really stupid. That sounds like a podcast for a baby. Just chew your food. Just really enjoy that food. Take it in and really enjoy it. Um, try take a few, deaths, few breaths sorry, before starting your food. Putting your utensil down between, between each bite and really focusing on that experience of eating. If you've slogged away cooking something for 25, 30 minutes, enjoy the process. Pay attention to it. Did that last mouthful taste the same as the last one? This is really holistic stuff. Like, I don't understand that. It sounds really corny coming from me, but so what if it's corny? I'd rather be corny than you lot immersely eating all your lives. Do you know what I mean? So just slow down, eat your food, and really, really take time to enjoy it. By slowing down your food, you're enjoying it a bit more. And then you can indulge in your favorite foods more. You can feel full on... You can feel more full and less. It takes the, the time for the body's fullness to signal to reach your brain. So if we're taking longer to eat, that signal's actually going to come this time, whereas it might have not have in the future, in the past. So taking a few months to consider eating each bite and making sure you are satisfied and if you aren't hungry anymore. And the last sort of tip I'm going to give you is really boring sort of self-care tips, and that is getting the basics done. That is staying active every single hour getting up off the sofa, walking around the room. That is training three to four times a week. That's drinking two to three liters of water a day. That's making sure you stretch at least twice a week. Connect with two to three people a day. Really simple, basic self-care tips can make you feel less stressed, therefore can remove the immersions away from eating. So yeah, um, as I said there, that was a bit, of a bit of a quicker one compared to usual. Normally my podcast on my own are about 90 minutes long, so I appreciate that was something a bit different. Uh, I will kind of recap everything there. So we've just identified what emotional eating is. So you've just wasted all your time. I'm going to just riddle through it all a bit now. So emotional eating is when you feel like the necessity to eat certain foods, have certain behaviours due to stress levels, due to boredom, due to other aspects of your life. Um, we then talked about associating certain emotions with certain triggers, i.e. I mentioned me, my Pepsis, and the habits of it. We then talked about the differences between emotional and physical hunger physical hunger is genuinely real and you need to satisfy that whereas emotional hunger is not and we've already listed through the reasons and the differences between the two of them and last of all i provided some sort of really simple tips like enjoying your food slowing down and preventing yourself that extra five minutes from eating things i do hope you enjoyed this one um i will probably have a guest on the next podcast uh i'm not sure what i've got ready in the pipeline just yet um and if you have listened to this one please give me feedback I'm always a bit more nervous on the solo episodes. Um, yeah, because I haven't got anyone to bounce off. I'm just talking to my laptop screen. I do want as much feedback as possible. And again, don't be a dickhead. If you have listened to this full podcast, have a screenshot of it, put it on your Instagram stories, and I'll share it as well. So yeah, this has been the Find Fitness Podcast, and I'll see you in the next episode.